Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Stampede Radio. I'm your host, Chris Blystone, and I'm joined as always by Chris Shepard. And again, no Jim. He is lost out in space somewhere taking care of IT-related issues. Uh, but we'll hopefully have him back next week. But we do have Shepard here uh, live from the Senior Bowl. And by live, I mean, you know, recorded from the Senior Bowl. How's it going, Shepard? Yeah, Shepard, your mic's muted, so I can't hear you at all. <laughs> Well, there we go. All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I was just saying I'm, I'm doing well. And uh, and anyway, I, I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm excited about today uh, because I know some things that our listeners don't know yet about what this conversation is going to entail. And some of them, if they follow you on Twitter, know what's going on. But um, last day of the Senior Bowl, things are kind of winding down in preparation for the game. Um, and or last day of practices, I should say. And uh, I don't know, are there, are there things going on tomorrow that are available for the media or was today it? And, uh, and are you staying for the game? So there, there are a couple of things going on tomorrow. I don't, uh, they're, they're kind of worked into like the festivities of senior bowl week. They're not, uh, they don't really involve the players, the coaches, um, nothing like that. It's just kind of, uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, it's just kind of like a, a local mobile thing. I mean, anyone is free and welcome to go. The players may be going to it um, just to kind of make an appearance and do those sort of things. Um, but as far as official football-related activities, there's there's really nothing until the game on Saturday. Uh, as far as the game on Saturday, I won't be staying for it. Uh, I will be getting out of here, and and that's the case for for most media folks. Um, I'm so I'm still in like the the main hotel, the main hub of um, you know the Senior Bowl, and I don't know if you can hear a difference as far as the background noise tonight compared to last night. Uh, but there's a lot less going on. There's a, a lot fewer people here. Uh, most people have either gotten out of town or they are getting out of town. Uh, I'm going to hang out and see what opportunities uh, will present themselves by being the only guy left here. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to take off. Actually, I'm probably going to take off really, really early this morning to get to the airport and and uh, and get out of town uh, and get back home and where it's, well, only slightly w- or slightly colder than here. So, um, but yeah, it's a... Uh, it, as far as football related activities, there's really not much until Saturday. Very cool. So you had a packed day today. So let's, let's just, I mean, let's just jump right into it and not waste any time. 
lay out for everybody here what kind of stuff happened to you today because obviously last night now we and we we didn't even talk about this so we've got to talk about last night because as I gave a little bit of an intro before throwing it up on the podcast last night we had wrapped up we were done recording last night and um, and then you had an experience and so we have to tag that at the end of the podcast. Uh, but I'll let you take it away and give that give that story its due diligence. If you've been on Stamping Blue, you've already read it, and if you've listened to the podcast from yesterday, you've already uh, you know, you've already heard it. But I'll let you do it justice and and tell the story right. So take it away uh, from whatever from the point that we jumped off last night, which uh, we thought we were finished, and then more things happened. Sure. So uh, so last night after we got done with the podcast, um, again, you know, I was sitting in the, the upstairs lobby at the, the Renaissance Hotel here in Mobile. Um, and, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm, we finished the pod. I'm typing, uh, writing for the morning. Uh, you know, nature called. I had to go to the bathroom. So I, I pack up my stuff. I get up I go to the bathroom and I'm walking back out. Uh, and as I'm walking out, I, I hear a voice and I, I the voice sounded really familiar. I was like, well, you know, it's, I didn't immediately place it, but I turned and I looked and sitting there doing an interview with, uh, with XM, uh, with NFL XM radio, um, was Bill Polian. And, uh, I was like, well, I, I have to talk to Bill Polian. I, I can't like, he's 10 feet from me. I, I can't not talk to Bill Polian. So, um, basically at that point I, I was done writing until Bill Polian was done with his, uh, with his interview. I was determined whether it took 10 minutes or three hours, I was going to sit there until I could talk to him. Uh, and so I sat at the table close by and, um, they ended up taking like a, I guess it was like an eight minute break or something. Um, but anyway, he got up from his table and he was talking and I was just, you know, kind of standing back and letting, I didn't want to interrupt him. I was letting him finish his conversation and so anyway, uh, he walked away and, you know, I walked up and said, you know, Mr. Poli and I introduced myself and uh, asked him if I could, you know, ask him a couple questions. And he was really gracious. Uh, he was really nice. And he said, yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we we talked, we did the interview. And um, like you said, you can find that interview now on, on StampedeBlue.com. Uh, I transcribed it and it's also up in audio form. And um, it was uh, it was a really cool interaction, and and uh, it was it, it was still it remains the only time that I was nervous to speak to anyone the entire time I've been in here in Mobile, and and I've talked to some pretty cool people, uh, and <laughs> still, uh, Polian was uh, was the only one that I was uh, I just blanked on what to say actually. So credit to to Brett Mock, um, I sent out a, a thing in our in our Slack channel. It's just our chat that that we use to communicate with each other. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm getting ready to talk to Bill Polian. Does anybody have any ideas on what I should say? <laughs> and Brett came came through with the, the first one, with the first question. And, and uh, you know, we were kind of off from there. But, um, you know, it, it was it was kind of surreal. It was a surreal moment. But I, I got to thank him for, uh, you know, for putting together uh, the those great Colts teams. And it was really cool. Yeah. Absolutely great job. I mean, I I was nervous on your behalf as I'm getting these messages of like, oh my gosh, I was I was imagining having to walk up to Bill Polian and start a conversation and ask him questions. And I am awful with asking any kind of interview questions. So I would have been a mess. And while you may have been a mess, you certainly didn't sound like it. Uh, the questions were great. Brett's question was awesome. I was like, I was immediately jealous of, of both your opportunity and his question abilities. I mean, both of those things are deficiencies of mine. So, so I was thinking, man, I'm glad that I get to, uh, get to absorb this information and, and be connected to this without having to do any of the, 
any of the the creative part of it or any of the you know the unnerving part of it but what a cool opportunity to to get to talk to old Pullian. i thought he was he did sound very gracious came across very at ease uh, and comfortable and it was just a really cool opportunity so yeah if you haven't heard that or uh or if, if you missed it there were some downloads uh, i had already had finished and submitted the podcast on a on uh our our website and it had already gone through when this starts coming through and i was just immediately like oh we got to get this on the podcast so as soon as that as soon as that came through i kicked it back out there so if you were one of the people and there was there were some people who it automatically downloaded appreciate that by the way but automatically downloaded the podcast if you missed it and it wasn't at the end you can go check out um, well, you can re-download it, but you can also just go to Stampede Blue and check out the article because it is embedded in there in audio and, and transcription form. So uh, definitely worth checking out and probably a pretty cool end to an evening of pretty cool stuff that happened throughout the day. But that wasn't where it stops because you woke up today and apparently the shine had not come off your your uh, senior ball. I believe I believe Faraz was using the term. I maybe maybe I'm unfairly crediting him that you were um, doing a heat check today, and uh, the, the threes were still <laughs> dropping because it was not over. Yeah, so um, today started off like any other day. Um, no, it was it was just a, a normal day at the Senior Bowl, uh, with the exception of um, the fact that there was a 100% chance of rain here in Mobile. So uh, they preemptively moved uh, the practices from Lad Peebles Stadium, where it had been, um, where, where they always host the practices, uh, to... Um, the University of South Alabama there they have a, a football facility there it's covered um, and so the coaches players obviously were allowed to go and the media was allowed to go but the the public was was prohibited they couldn't get in you so you did have to be credentialed to go because it was just such a it's just kind of a, a really small uh, facility I, I mean there's still a you know, a football field inside but as far as the border around the football field there just wasn't enough room to fit in all the people that would have wanted to watch uh, as fans uh, along with everyone else. And um, so the media was supposed to be uh, held in, in one end zone. We were all supposed to stay there, but it was kind of unrealistic to expect all of the media members to be able to fit uh, at the end of one end zone and to have like three fourths of them, not just get rained on the whole time um so you know it was it, it kind of just became a free-for-all where you know media members were <laughs> intermixing with with uh you know coaches on the sidelines and and players and uh i took full opportunity and or took full advantage of the opportunity and um i so i, I found frank reich uh and i decided i'm you know, five feet from Frank Reich, I'm going to follow this guy around and wait till he's not busy and there's no practice going on. And when that happens, I'm going to talk to Frank. And uh, so anyway, one thing led to another. And after about a, an hour of, of waiting patiently for him to finish his conversation, because again, I don't want to be that guy that goes up and interrupts these guys' conversations. The, the reason being, Frank Reich um, was talking to, I assume, someone just based on the way that they, they interacted with each other. I assume it was an old teammate of his, um, probably from his days in Buffalo, um, because they were, they were catching up, they were laughing, they were joking, uh, they were having a really good time. And I didn't want to be the guy to come up 
and say, hey, Frank, you got a minute? So, you know, I, I didn't want to kill their party. So I just waited and I waited and I waited. And eventually they, you know, they went their separate ways. And when, uh, you know, Coach Reich was walking away, I I did the same thing I did with Bill Poling. I introduced myself and, and uh, asked him if he had a minute. And he very graciously accepted and, um I got to got got to get an interview with Frank and and uh, about four minutes worth of talking to Frank Reich later. I'm going to have that recording up and and uh, a, a transcribed article will be up in the morning, too. Yeah. I mean, talk about just a cool experience. And and I'm I, I'm trying to find it because I don't remember. But I am I know for a fact Dan Marino was there on the scene. So I don't know if you know this. Uh, I don't know if you saw him, but yeah, he was, he was at the senior bowl. I saw a picture and I feel like he was talking to Frank Reich at some point. So that means you were within a reasonable distance of, of, you know, two legendary quarterbacks from, well, I mean, legendary in in his own way, Frank Reich, uh, from, you know, from that era of, of quarterback play, which is just really cool. Um, but you know, getting a chance. Yeah, actually. I actually took a picture. Yeah, I actually took a picture of okay, Dan so, Marino and Frank. So it was your picture. All right. So I knew I had seen one, uh, but couldn't remember yeah. where it came from. But yeah, very cool. Um, getting an opportunity to to just share a field with guys like that, but also especially to get a chance to talk to Frank. And one of the things that I think you will notice, uh, listeners, as you hear this conversation, if you have heard Frank talk before, and like I've talked about, I got to talk or got to got to um, listen to Frank talk um, and be a part of some press conferences and stuff uh, at training camp. And there's a very different tenor and a tone to his voice. He's just much more at ease and laid back talking to you. Um, he really does just kind of sound like he's like he's just having a conversation. And um, so, yeah, it's just it's really cool. I mean, it, it it's still there's a degree of coach speak. You, you don't expect he's not going to give away, you know, all the trade secrets and everything. But it's just a different type of a guy, uh, a different feel to it. It's just if you've listened to a lot of Frank Reich talk, it does not have quite that same feel. Uh, and I just thought that was just a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it's so the senior bowl, uh, it's, it's really interesting. Um, when I got here, uh, you know, Zach kind of, you know, told me a little bit about media day and, and asked me if I was prepared for it. And, uh, I was like, yeah, no, totally. I, I wasn't, there's no way I could have been it. Media day is just a free for all. Um, what I didn't realize is that, um, I don't know. And we talked about this in our Slack channel. I don't know if there's like some unwritten rule here, um, that you, you don't talk to coaches in, you know, general managers and those sort of things from the media. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, if, if there is, no one's told me and no one's, uh, acted put off when I've asked for interviews. So <laughs> I don't know any better. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, but the media really leaves coaches alone. They're not really interested in uh, talking to coaches. I think, you know, maybe if Bilicek and, and Bilicek and Saban were there, actually, you know what? No, not even Bilicek and Saban, because those guys were here yesterday and they were out there just talking to prospects and nobody was trying to ask them any questions. So I, I don't really, I don't really know why they're more interested in, you know, uh, a fifth round guard prospect than talking to Frank Reich, but um, I'm far more interested in talking to Frank Reich. So I'm yeah, going to keep doing it. Definitely a really cool thing. I mean, it's one of those things where you just think, it is it almost makes me wonder if everybody's just nervous nobody's willing to do it and so it just doesn't happen and then you just have a lot of people who are kind of watching and seeing like well nobody talks to them so maybe i shouldn't either and you're just like yeah i'm just gonna not just do what everybody else is doing i'm gonna go have a conversation with this guy because uh, right. why would i not uh and and obviously paid off in a big way and and definitely really cool to um 
to have a chance to talk to those guys and uh, two guys that have had connections both with the prior era cults and the current uh, era cults in varying ways. Obviously, Polian, um, you know, doesn't really have his hand in anything, but he's obviously, you know, given advice to the, the current leadership and talks to Ursay in the process of finding um, a general manager and all. He was involved a little bit in that process and a legendary cult uh, general manager. So very exciting to, to get it. Mm-hmm. To get a chance to hear both of those guys, uh, you know, talking directly with with you is uh, pretty cool. So um, we'll be tagging that at the end of the show um, just so that you guys can hear it. And I think that you're going to have another post with the transcript and everything going up on on that conversation with Reich tomorrow. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'll uh, I'll get that all typed up and and uh, uh, get it all written up and should I this is one this is another story that it, um, you know every story that that I write uh, you know we we edit each other's stories and we go through that process I want this one done really well because I want it to be really good um, so after it's uh, after it is really ed- or after it's edited really well um, it will go up in the morning and and uh, everybody will be able to read it there awesome. Uh, well, apart from talking to the Colts head coach, just having a you know fun little chat with the Colts head coach, no big deal. Uh, how did how did the day go as far as talent that you got to watch? What what were your takeaways in terms of the actual on the field practice and players and and all that? Sure. So um, I got to be honest, uh, <laughs> I I did watch one-on-ones. I, I watched the guys in the trenches again, offensive and defensive lines. Um, I, I watched both uh, practices one-on-ones, but then once uh, 11-on-11s came around, um, I was I was really focused just on um, you know getting the interviews and and trying to do what I could to uh, to secure those. So I, I didn't I didn't watch a lot of 11-on-11 work. Uh, if you ask me how a specific quarterback looked, uh, I, I, to, I can be perfectly honest with you. I just don't know. Um, the offensive and defensive lines, um, there were some guys that stood out and I closed my notes. Oh, of course I closed my notes. Um, so th- there were some guys that stand that stood out. If you guys want to read more about that, instead of having me uh, repeat what I did yesterday and stammer and stutter and hear the paper flip around, um, <laughs> you can just read my, my winner's piece, uh, that I will, that will also come out tomorrow. I'm writing a lot right now. Um, and that should be out, um, sometime I would guess mid morning. I'll probably be on, uh, on a Southwest airline. Uh, flying back to Kansas City uh, when that when that story publishes, so that'll be out tomorrow. Um, but really, my day was spent uh, largely following around Frank Reich, and um, I, you know, I don't know if if you were going to bring it up, but I haven't even told you guys the coolest part about the Frank Reich experience. Oh, I was I was going to let you bring that one up uh, because <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely the neatest thing uh, in my mind. The thing that was the coolest to me, and I'm sitting here. I was I was uh, checking our Slack channel as I'm taking my my oldest and youngest daughter to get their hair cut, and the lady cutting their hair is asking me questions, and I'm just not paying attention to her because I'm getting these <laughs> messages from Shepard in our Slack channel about what's going on, and I'm just completely ignoring her and feeling like a little bit of a jerk. So yeah. Go ahead, because I think I don't know if anybody will find it quite as exciting as uh, as us at Stampede Plu do, but I, I was certainly uh, thought it was really cool. So, yeah. So, <laughs> after the interview, after I interviewed Frank Reich, um, you know, I, we went our separate ways. I thanked him for the interview, and and uh, anyway, after you won't hear it on the recording, but after I stopped recording, I, I wished him luck and um, said that you know we're 
hoping for a lot of wins this year. And he said, Hey, thanks a lot. We are too. Uh, and you know, we, we kind of separated. I went to one end of the field and you know, that's kind of when I was, I was messaging you guys a little bit about, um, you know, the interview that I just gotten and I was texting a couple people answering some text messages. Um, you know, I was pretty happy about it. I, I text my dad and so, I was like, Hey, I just talked to Frank Reich and, you know, we were kind of going back and forth. And so anyway, I'm standing on the other end of the field from where Frank Reich and I finished up our conversation. I'm staring down at my phone and uh, out of the corner of my eyes, I noticed somebody's walking up to me and they're, uh, I'm not like, I'm not in someone's way. Like I'm, I'm back against a wall. Like they're clearly walking at me to approach me and talk to me. So I look up and sure enough, it's Frank Reich (laughs) and uh, (laughs) Frank Frank Reich comes up to me and he said, Hey, Hey, can you, can you tell me a little bit more about stampede blue? How, how long you've been riding there? And so uh, we, he struck up this conversation. He asked me, you know, how long I'd been riding for stampede blue. He he wanted me to explain to him a little bit uh, of what stampede blue was. He said um, that he, he had heard of it, that he knew that it existed because it, um, we every now and then one of our stories is in the bleacher report app, which he says that he, <laughs> he tries to use some to, uh, to kind of keep up with things as much as he can during the season. But um, that, you know, he, he, he does what he can, but it, there's just so much time devoted to, to football things. He doesn't have a whole lot of time. So he knew of Stampede Blue, but he, he had me explain SB Nation and, and the whole thing to him. And, um, you know, we, we talked for probably five or ten minutes just going back and forth talking about different things. And, um, you know, it was, it was the coolest interaction I've ever had. It, so it was cooler than the Polian interaction for sure. I was way more nervous to talk to Polian. Um, but right came up to me. Uh, he was, he was legitimately just asking me about me and, and what I was doing. And, um, you know, he didn't have to do that and, and he did, and it was pretty cool. And I, I told you guys in, in Slack that, uh, after, after that interaction, um, all my objectivity for Frank Reich is gone. He can do whatever he wants to do. And I, I am going to stand by the fact that whatever it is was a good decision. I think I said that he could, uh, he could start kicking field goals on second down and, and I would, I would claim that it was the right thing to do. So, um, it was just, it was really cool. Um, we, we talked about a little bit of everything and, and, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty neat from start to finish. Well, and one of the funniest things that you that you mentioned is that he was not aware that NFL Game Pass allows you to purchase all 22, <laughs> uh, like that you can get all 22 access for 100 bucks in a year. Uh, that was not something that Frank Reich was aware existed because you talked about watching all 22 and he was kind of uh, was questioning how you were getting it, basically, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So he <laughs> he he asked or he was, you know, he went on to talk about how um, he, he respects what people like me, basically bloggers. I told him he, he asked me, you know, what it was I did to explain it to him. And so the way that I described it to him was that this was a well-paid hobby. And to me, a well-paid hobby is anything that I break even on or or above because most of my hobbies are things i lose a lot of money on oh sure and you know that's that's kind of what stampede blue has been for me it's it's been a well-paid hobby uh and so that's how i described it to him and you know he said that he really appreciated the fact that that we were out there people like me were out there in the world because he said that to him it felt like that the players the coaches the media and the fans all played you know, this, this role together where, you know, all of them kind of worked on making the NFL what it is and keeping it popular. And we keep them employed and they keep us, you know, 
I guess it, I'm employed. Um, but you know, it, it's just one of those things where everybody kind of works together and, and he really appreciated that. And, and, uh, I, you know, went on to relate how differently now, since I've been writing, how differently, you know, I watch football and, and just, you know, I, I don't really get emotional anymore when watching games. Um, and, you know, it's like, and I was just like, I just, I watch so much football now, you know, I just kind of, I know more of what to expect. And I said, I spend, you know, about 20 hours a week watching all 22 and writing and, and, you know, all this stuff. And he said, wait, how, how do you watch all 22? <laughs> He's like, where, where do you, where do you get it? And I said, Oh, here, let me show you on my phone. He said, you get it on your phone. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we talked a little bit about that, and you know, I I told him I was like, you know, it's it's different than your system because they have a system. It's called XOs, which is X and O with an S, so X's and O's, XOs. Um, their mm-hmm. XO system, it's uh, it's hooked up to a computer, and they've actually got it here. You can go in, media members can go in and and uh, watch film from the day's practices. It's really cool, and it works way better than Game Pass. And we just kind of we talked about that. He's just like, yeah, I don't know if you guys kind of have the same thing we do. And I was like, no, we we definitely don't. I, I said, you know, Game Pass is kind of clunky, and he's like, yeah, ours isn't clunky. And I said, yeah, it would really suck if your guys was clunky. I said my job doesn't depend on how much film I watch. I said, you know, like I said, mine's a well-paid hobby and he thought that was pretty funny. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was one of those things where, you know, we as fans, I think don't necessarily realize, uh, the time commitment that these guys have to put in Frank Reich game pass is a huge promotion for the NFL. Every piece of NFL (laughs) media at some point mentions, Hey, sign up for game pass today. And Frank Reich was like, I, what is that? I I don't know. That's a thing. Like, you know, when I, when I told him it was $99, he said, can anybody get that? And I said, yeah, I mean, it's just $99 a year. Like he was just like, (laughs) he was blown away. Like he thought that was the funniest thing ever that any fan in the world could have that for a hundred dollars a year. So, so, uh, yeah, Frank Reich learned something new today, and it was uh, it was pretty funny to, to watch it happen. So when he tells you in an interview of some kind that they are very tunnel visioned and focused, he's not lying to you. They're, he's not even aware of things the NFL is doing uh, because they are <laughs> yeah. focused on what they're doing alone. And yeah, just just such a great interaction. I mean, I, I was laughing listening to this because I'm just picturing like. Isn't that exactly the kind of guy that you have heard that Frank Reich is from everybody that talks to you? Is the kind of guy who's going to walk up to you and ask you about about you and and try to learn more about you? And, and it fit the bill so much with the kind of, of man that he is and just the kind of leader and, and person in general that he would that he would care enough to do that uh, and establish a relationship. But it's just just such a cool story. Um, not one that that many people get to tell and so just a very very neat thing to have happen and uh pretty easy to go like who cares about these senior bowl people like yeah okay guys sure we're gonna draft some of you but whatever we'll we'll catch up to you on another time i've got this uh this you know maybe one maybe once in a lifetime kind of experience hopefully not but you know maybe it's one of those kind of things that just you know you only have that happen one time but if if that's the case it's just a really cool experience so Really glad to get to have heard that story and uh, super jealous again that I did not decide to go to the Senior Bowl. Although admittedly, um, I can tell you definitively, I would have been way too much of a chicken to have had this interaction. I probably would have dropped my phone and wet myself if Frank Reich surprisingly popped up on me. Um, I mean, it's one thing to have have a, a person that you admire that you can kind of like you approach them and you're aware that you're like, okay, and now I got to like psych myself up. But to have just somebody that, you know, 
is walking up to you unexpectedly. No, I got to have some prep time, man. You got to, you can't surprise <laughs> me like that. It would have gone badly. So, so yeah, it was, uh, the, the whole thing was, it, you know, so right at first when I was first, uh, I was standing behind him. Uh, I stood behind this guy for a long time, just waiting. And he noticed me standing back there a couple times. Um, but again, it was one of those things. I just, I didn't want to bother the guy. So I was just standing back there. I was standing pretty far back. I couldn't hear what him and his buddies were talking about or anything. Um, but it, when I was standing behind him, that's when it was all pretty surreal. Like it, it was like, Oh, like this is, this is weird. That's, that's Frank Reich. And then by the time that I got up, you know, to actually talk to him and ask him the questions when he was, you know, finished talking with his friends. Um, then it was just, you know, it was like, okay, this is Frank Reich. And then by the time that he got back to talk to me, like the, when he came up to me, um, then at that point, that was, it, it was weird. But at the same time, once we got talking and he was laughing and I was laughing, it was honestly, I felt like Frank Reich was my friend and he probably has already forgotten my name and that's okay. I get it. Um, but in that moment, it was uh, it was really really cool. He, you know, he, he put me at ease, and I think he probably would have done the same thing to you, even if if you would have been nervous. He probably he probably would have realized it felt bad for you and and like made it even that much better. So I think you would have been okay. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty surreal in the in the very beginning. Well, very cool interaction. Uh, very cool to have the Stampede Blue name get a little bit more uh, credibility. Also, this tells you a little bit of of something about the Colts organization because obviously, I mean, one of the two Colts.com writers, Jake Arthur, ever heard of him? Uh, yeah, he was a major part of Stampede Blue and went directly from Stampede Blue to go work for the Colts. So it's a little funny that that's not on their radar, but obviously there are some things that you focus on when you're the coach and uh, what the media is doing around you is not always one of those things. So just just all in all, very cool and uh, excited that you got that opportunity to, to talk with him and get some feedback uh, and, and ask a question that was my question. I heard myself kind of get like not name dropped, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I definitely, definitely heard my question there because I asked about, I threw out the question, you know, just kind of what traits they're looking for in wide receivers. And I noticed that he kind of sidestepped that question, which was like, okay, I got you, Frank. I see what you're doing. Like, you're just going to sidestep, not not really answer this question exactly. But, um, but yeah, it, it, regardless, it's the kind of answers you expect to get. And you never, you know, you're never going to get, uh, they don't want to show their cards and we don't want them to, we don't want to it's not worth breaking a story that that damages the Colts ability to pick a player that they want so um so yeah very cool um I I would say you've got to feel like this senior bowl experience was a a major success uh from your viewpoint I don't know uh what your expectation was about this week going in but I would say that probably based on if if it was me it would have well exceeded my expectations based on the descriptions that we've gotten from you yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that I ever would have expected um, this week to go the way that it has. I, you know, I expected to have a good time. I actually expected um, to meet a lot of people in media that I had really looked up to and, and you know, that I've followed their work for years. And I have. I, I have done those things. Um, I did not expect to, to meet Bill Polian or, or Frank Reich. And I certainly didn't expect to have Frank Reich come up and start asking me questions about me and what I did. Um, at, at one point, Frank Reich even asked me where I went to college. <laughs> So, um, you know, it never, never in a thousand years would I have ever thought that, um, that the senior bowl week would turn out the way that it did. But, um, I understand now why, uh, you know, so many people in, in sports media circles talk about the senior bowl as being an amazing event because 
I don't I don't think the, the combine's not open. Uh, the draft is you know most general managers aren't even there. They're you know back in back in their own war rooms uh, and you know they they call the picks in. So I don't think that there's probably another event on on the NFL schedule that is like the Senior Bowl. Um, this is it's pretty unique. Uh, and it has been a blast way more than I ever expected, and I expected to have a good time. So it's uh, it's it's been really, really cool, and uh, Chris, we got to get you down here next year. Yeah, absolutely. It's already on my schedule. I mean, I've got... I've, I've, I've got that time. I'm just going to figure out how to make it work. It's going to happen because, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not going to miss that. If you fool me, I like miss out on that one time. That's my bad, but I'm not going to let that happen again. We're going to get down there and we'll, maybe we'll do a live, uh, broadcast or figure out how to, we've got, we've got to hook up with Matt and get the equipment situation figured out how to make that happen. But we'll, we'll try to do some fun stuff from down there as well. Um, but short of that, I mean, I don't have, honestly anything else really uh, that we need to cover obviously we've we've had more uh, in terms of generally in terms of podcast content than we've had uh in <laughs> i mean two weeks three weeks um but what we're gonna do is kind of wind this thing down and throw it to um throw it to that interview give you an opportunity to um to hear what frank reich had to say to shepherd and uh and then we're gonna go ahead and get out of here but uh thanks you guys for tuning in we'll get back to uh our normal podcast schedule starting back next week and uh, jim will be back with us then and we'll be able to have an opportunity to to start jumping into um we'll, we'll talk briefly about the super bowl but we'll start jumping into some free agency talk and all that good stuff leading up to all the big events of the off season we'll get into more of a schedule uh, going forward. So thanks guys for tuning in and uh, thank you Shepard from, for you know doing all that work down at the senior bowl and getting some great content for all these Colts fans to listen to. Uh, and we'll hear, uh, we'll be back with you guys uh, in probably about, about a week. All right. Later guys. It's a long process, and you guys are just at the start of it. But how have the, the quarterbacks looked this week? Um, quarterbacks have looked good, you know. And like you said, it's a long process, so you know you, you try not to overweight any one throw, any one practice. So. Um, this is a very small piece of the puzzle, but every every piece is important. Absolutely. Has there been anybody that's uh, that stood out to you? Um, you know, like I said, I'm not ready to sure. I'm not ready to put a stamp on anybody standing out at this point. You know, just saying, hey, all the guys have showed they deserve to be here. You know, the, we got six guys here. They they've all had good college careers. They've all they've all had their good moments out here on the field. Um, so during the, the evaluation process, what, uh, what is it that you look for? What's most important as far as traits go in the quarterback position? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of traits, you know, that are important. I mean, you know, some of it just starts with just toughness. You know, you got to have mental and physical toughness. Um, it's, it's a grueling season mentally, physically, emotionally, in every way. So um, you got to have those qualities. Um, you know, certainly you're talking about being able to throw the football, so you got to you got to have a certain level of arm talent, and then you got to be accurate. Um, you know, and then it, you know, 
quarterback, you're running the show out there. So you got to be able to process a lot of information very quickly, and and then you got to have a knack for making plays and knack for leadership, and you know that's that's just start. There's about five or six things sure. that are important, you know, but um, and it, but it's really the blend of all those things, you know what I mean? And you get these guys out here, they all have they all have those characteristics, but how much of one and how little of another, those, that, that's the part of the evaluation process. Sure, absolutely. Um, I, so I know that it's really early and you can't know anything at all, but if there is a guy uh, that you guys identify as being, you know, someone who has all those traits that you're looking for uh, at a very important position, I'm not going not gonna to pigeonhole you into one, um, how aggressive do you guys think that you'll be in, in possibly moving up or moving down if, if you know, an opportunity presents itself? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's just so early right. in, you know, in the process. You know, it's like when Chris and I sit and talk about it, you're always looking to make your team better. Right. You know, at any position, anytime, anywhere. But there's a lot of factors. There's just so many factors that go into that because you, you, you make a move one way and it pulls, it has tension five other places or ten other places. Right. So those are all the factors you have to consider. You know, now's just the time to get the, as much information as we can on these players. You know, as far as that, as far as pulling together what moves to make when and how strong do you go, those are things that kind of, they become clear as the information on the players becomes clear. Sure. And last one for you. Um, my buddy, he uh, is a big fan of wide receivers. He wanted me to ask about receivers. So um, what traits specifically do you look for in a receiver um, you know, are you looking for some guy who's, uh, you know, a little bit more athletically gifted but maybe a little more raw? Or are you looking for somebody who's, you know, refined but, um, you know, might be a little, uh, you know, a little less physically gifted? What uh, what would you prefer? Yeah, I mean, again, it's like, like all positions. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways to be productive and there's a lot of skills and traits that go into playing each position at the wide receiver position. There's speed, quickness, strength, ball skills, you know, separation skills. Um, playmaking skills, you know. So, really, you know, at the end of the day, you're talking receivers. First of all, you got to you got to be able to the ball skills aspect. You can't you can't get mesmerized with the guy just because he's physically gifted. You got to be able to catch the football. Um, but then, as far as then as far as size, where you know, are you looking for a, you know a big guy, a small, you know, no, you're just looking for you're looking for a player. You're looking for someone who can fit into your offensive scheme, someone you can envision fitting into the scheme and see how you're going to use them in your scheme. Um, and there's multiple roles within an offense for those schemes. So, um, again, as that evaluation process goes, those it's like it slowly comes into vision. Oh, yeah, that's the guy. You know what I mean? Sure. And he fits there. Um, that light doesn't go on the first time you watch the tape or see the film. you got to get all the information. Sure. All right. Well, Coach Ruck, I really appreciate it. Thank you, you very much. Appreciate it. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. 
Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.